The power of blockchain is that you can create a large amount of transparency that's always going to be there and it can never be changed. Yeah, it's like, it's computationally infeasible. Um, mm. So when we were sort of looking at um, the problem within the philanthropy space is there's trust issues. And we were sort of like, we knew that blockchain was this big thing. And I studied blockchain at university and Josh and I were sort of like bouncing off these ideas on, on what we could do. And we figured that if we could do large relief funds and, and have an engine that was tied to a, a current blockchain, like the Bitcoin or the Ethereum chains, then yeah. we could start showing impact and traceability on how funds are being used. Welcome to Justice Matters, the podcast inspiring a world where everyone belongs. I'm your host, Tim Buxton. G'day listeners, just a quick disclaimer at the top of this episode. In this interview, I talk about cryptocurrency with my guests and other forms of financial investment. And as you probably know, I am not an expert in those fields and none of what is discussed is meant to be seen is in any way as a form of guidance or investment advice. So please make sure you do your own due diligence before you get involved in any kind of investment strategies. And with that being said, I cannot wait for you to listen to this episode here is my introduction to my interview with the Little Phil guys on today's episode. Hey there, guys. Well, what a cracking interview I just had with the founders of Little Phil. In today's episode, I sit down with Josh and Matt, who are the co-founders of this uh, incredibly new innovative giving platform that uses blockchain technology, cryptocurrency, all of that stuff. Um, so if you want to learn more about that and the ways that they are using it to transforming the philanthropy industry, to engage people in giving again, um, then you are going to want to listen to this episode. I had such a fun time talking about that with them, learning a stack. Uh, guys, it's incredible to see that there are um, young people out there taking a risk launching out on a journey um, that they're passionate about. You get to know a bit about their stories and why they are so passion, passionate about making a difference in the world. And uh, yeah, excited to share this episode with you. You are going to love it. Thanks, guys. Congratulations, guys, on what the last probably month or so you guys have just been kicking goals, launching a $50,000 giveaway campaign on your amazing platform and signing some contracts and partnerships. Well done. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> been a busy, busy month or two. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming to the studio too and, and um, sitting down with us. We've been wanting to do that. Josh and I have been bouncing back and forth for yep. a while and this is like your third podcast this week. So yeah. Uh, it's um, a yeah, hot topic at the moment, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, let's talk about some of the reasons why you've been on podcasts and some of those announcements. I do have, I did bring along some cheap champagne. So afterwards, oh, we can crack this open and um, and celebrate you know, the amazing achievements. But um, a lot of people are going to be having a lot of questions about, mm -hmm. about little Phil, this, you know, 
project that you guys have birthed, uh, co-founders. Is there another co-founder in in the mix that couldn't quite make it? Yeah, yeah, we have a couple of others actually. So um, they're working hard today, (laughs) unlike us, I guess, hardly working. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so so we're quite busy, as you'd know, continual development. Um, So yeah, unfortunately they couldn't make it, but at least me and Matt could get down here. We have um, Shippy, which is our software engineer or lead software engineer. And yeah. we have um, Craig, which um, denotes himself as Fizz, uh, okay. which is our creative designer as well. Um, Did you meet Fizz? No, no. no. You oh, might have missed met him. you two guys. Yeah. So you've been the face of Phil. <laughs> <laughs> we often get asked, who's Phil? Yeah. That's generally the first question. Which one, which one of you two is Phil? Uh-huh. <laughs> We're still uh. yet to hire a Phil. We should hire one. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be great. List. Oh, I, just from the get-go, who can give the elevator pitch uh, for what you guys are and, and what you do? Who's who's going to jump in for that? Yeah, I can, I can give you a quick rundown. So basically, Little Phil, short for Little Philanthropist, um, micro-philanthropy platform, trying to connect people, businesses, brands, more directly to charities, causes, and beneficiaries. So you know, we've been working on this for... Coming up to three, four years now, mm. um, and it really came out of a, a few reasons. But you know, we we truly believe that the charitable giving industry is broken. Um, no one's really innovated much in the last few years, five, ten plus at least. Um, whereas we can see that the next generation, or should I say, our generation, yeah. are probably the most socially conscious to have ever walked the earth. What they don't usually like is being hassled in the you know, supermarkets by people parading mm-hmm. around like charities, being guilt-tripped all the time, and a constant ask. So something that we found and we started to move more into from, from the initial stages of just trying to increase trust and transparency was that people don't like that experience. Mm-hmm. You know, if I give and then you come back to me in a day or in a week or in 10 days or something being like, oh, great, you know, thanks, Tim, thanks for giving, and can you give again? Hey, Mm. can you give again? Hey, can you give again? The experience kind of is not not great. There's no feedback loop. Yeah. It's like you're putting your money into a black hole, praying for the best, they've made you feel guilty or something, and now you're going to put money in. Mm -hmm. Um, We believe that the process of giving and that experience should be more transparent, more engaging, so that you – can give to something or someone you care about, know where the money's going and actually have have that feedback loop of videos, images, yeah. messages. You're on a journey basically with that cause, that organization. Exactly. And we've, yeah. we've when we first started, we this how many pivots have we had now? We we keep where evolutions. Yeah, we're, yeah, <laughs> evolutions where we think we've we've honed in on, on the product and, and what we think the donors want. And then we will start working more with some clients and then the clients are like, Oh, Hey, have you thought about this? And we're like, probably should have thought about that. And we start doing these um, evolutions, I guess, and not even huge pivots, but, um, and now it's getting to this, this point uh, where we have some pretty interesting corporations that are wanting to mm. do some partnerships with us. We're getting a lot of um, feedback from um, donors that are excited about what we're doing and, yeah. and people in the space I can't begin to tell you how many notifications I get on LinkedIn these days. It's like becoming spam almost. Wow. Um, wow. So, yeah, it, it is cool. We are getting recognised. We are winning awards and um, and making some good changes. 
it's phenomenal. And what I love about it, and we, at, you've long signed on with you guys um, just recently, and that that's been a great journey for us. Um, and we've already benefited from that from that partnership with you guys. But what I love is, is um, it's it's recognizing that that giving philanthropy, um, it might the system might be broken, but the concept and the idea of it is still such an important part of being human isn't it to want to give when you see a need to want to have that opportunity so i love the fact that it's you know there's a lot of i've interviewed a lot of people that are doing social enterprises and mixing business with you know sustainability which is really an another i think significant and important shift but let's not neglect the fact that there's a lot of people that still just do really want to give their resources and um as well as being a conscious consumer so I love that. You've resurrected, giving new life and meaning to philanthropy. I think you really nailed that as well. I'm reading a um, very interesting book called um, The Happiest Man mm. in, the pl- uh, in the World or on the Planet. And it's by um, an author, Eddie Jacku. He's a um, German Jew and he went through the Holocaust. So he's 102 or so. Goodness, wow. And he talks about the early stages of his life before the rise of um, the Nazis. And he was talking about how his father, that they were like a medium-class um, sort of family. And he was saying how his dad would always make on special occasions these extra bits of bread, this this really nice bread. And, um, and he would ask his dad, why are you making all these extra ones? And he'd say, well, I want to give it to the people that, don't have anything and he said life isn't worth worth living unless you're giving if you have if you're Mm. lucky enough to be able to give and and provide for people then then that's truly where it is and and he talks about the dark history of his past and and how those words sort of cemented to provide or to tell himself that he's even the happiest person after going through all that darkness wow yeah it's a it's an awesome book i'd highly recommend anyone what's the book again Happiest man in the world, I think. Uh, let me just double check it. Um, one second. Happiest man in the world. Uh, I mean, that, well, I think what you've said. Happiest man on earth by Eddie Jacku. There we go. It's amazing. It's truly amazing story. Good. Good recommendations out of that. Um, you t- alluded to just before, you've been kicking some goals, getting some great partnerships. Um, the uniqueness that we haven't touched on yet is this, the way that you're bringing philanthropy into the future is tapping into um, the most current of technologies out there that is hugely, you know, in the news all the time for controversial, but I think now becoming more accepted um, means of financial um, transactions is Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general and behind that blockchain. So could you unpack like how one for those people who, you know, are curious as to what is blockchain technology and how it 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 it, it is undergirds this whole cryptocurrency yep. environment. In I guess I, I can sort of cover that from a simple point of view. Um, like a a blockchain ledger is essentially like an Excel spreadsheet, and once a data entry goes into the row, it can never be changed, but it can be viewed by anyone in the world. Um, so the the power of blockchain is uh, you can create a large amount of transparency that's always going to be there. And it can never be changed. Yeah, it's like, it's computationally infeasible. Um, mm. So when we were sort of looking at um, the problem within the philanthropy space is there's trust issues. And we were sort of like, we knew that blockchain was this big thing. And I studied blockchain at university and Josh and I were sort of like bouncing off these ideas on, on what we could do. And we figured that if we could do large relief funds and, and 
have an engine that was tied to a, a current blockchain like the Bitcoin or the Ethereum chains, then yeah. we could start showing impact and traceability on how funds are being used. And then it started evolving into this huge beast. We released our own cryptocurrency, like our little field coin that we could use. And like there's this huge hype and pump and these radicals. People thought we were crazy. Um, and we're, <laughs> I didn't know that. You have a, I just like literally have started buying a few little coins just yeah. to add dabble in, not much at all. Yeah. Um, but if I'd known there was a little field coin, I would have, I'd, I'd, I'd have been on it. Well, we, when we were getting to the height of it, we were having these, really cool ideas like around using blockchain um i don't know like there's this huge phase at the moment called nfts non-fungible yes. tokens we had this concept to use nfts to create digital passports for asylum seekers or people without government id wanting to go into oh, other man. countries and and so like we were talking about this years back, ago back in 2017 three years ago yeah more. and like we we built concepts of it i even built like a um um like a Pokemon um, copy of it just to see what it would look like from my, uh, an identi- identity side yeah, of things. Yeah. Um, and it was like it was super easy to use. It was on chain. You could see it. And you can see how you could use a digital passport these days. Like when you travel, your passport is your, yeah, your you everything, lose, right? Like you don't lose your passport. You've got to photocopy it if you go to a dodgy place and, yeah. and just take out the, the photocopy. If you lose it, you're really stuck. But you can't lose it if it's on chain. It can be checked everywhere. So wow. we had like these crazy cool ideas and, and we we're in this fast paced moving environment and they crashed <laughs> and everyone, and then we, we went to what heaps of countries. Yeah. We presented in San Fran, Korea, Singapore, you Hong guys Kong, were traveling, China. presenting. We this traveled concept. pretty much for a whole wow. year. Like we were, we were just constantly living out of a suitcase. Um, and it was cool. We got invited to some really cool things. We went to a 16th century family bank um, we got invited to so many different places and, and cool things. So we were sort of like really on the cutting edge. And mm. I remember when I first started talking about crypto as well, um, before Littlefield was sort of ventured, people were like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you talking about? I yeah. was like, oh, seriously, I even remember saying- There's just, there was just a sense of illegitimacy about yeah. it. Uh, at least I always heard this idea of, you know, it's just going to be used for nefarious means and that's the that's the end of it, the, the, the dark side of mm. of crypto and, and, and a, the re- great resistance within establishment because, well, we all know that they don't tend to benefit maybe as much, right? It's I mean- Funny to watch now that they're all coming in. Even so in my was, yeah. last year of uni, um, so I'd finished all my curriculum pretty quickly and I... I um, graduated with a major in network security. So we mm. did a lot of cryptography. I understand cryptography quite well, which mm. is the underlying component of mm. um, a blockchain. And I said to Josh, I was like, Josh, would you like to buy some Bitcoin with me? It's $300. And he's like, mm, I think it's over overbought. I think <laughs> I think it's going to crash. And so we didn't do anything about it at that time. And, and now Bitcoin's this absolute juggernaut worth more than countries, yeah. GDPs. So... Um, <laughs> It's funny how things uh, regret. We've all got those. <laughs> we've all got those stories. I bought I bought some Do- Dogecoin when it was like seven <laughs> cents, but I only got like thirty dollars of it because yeah. I was like, I'm like, dang it! I wish I had. Yeah. It was like a couple of days ago. It was worth two hundred bucks, but anyway, yeah, it is. What <laughs> it's it all is. in hindsight. It all it yeah. all is. Um, so tell me about now some of the maybe Josh, you could talk to some of the. The partnerships now that you've you've forged, Legends of Crypto have just signed on with you and you might even have some others in the works you could share. Like how does that relate 
that whole world of crypto then relate to you've kind of touched on it a bit Matt but relate to now some of the partnerships and the and the ways you're moving forward yeah yeah good good question so um basically all of that us working in that industry and you know presenting at events and all this kind of stuff that length of time obviously led us to have pretty good networks in that industry so we had to tone down all our communications because if you're associated with crypto over the last couple of years, it's been a door closer, not a door opener. Mm. Mm. Um, so externally, we've had to really tone that down, whereas we've, we've always had that core, mm-hmm. I guess, and that it's always been there. Um, the Legends of Crypto project that we've partnered with, it, it's basically a trading card game mm. on um, on blockchain, and it uses what they call NFTs, so non-fungible tokens. Um, which basically, you know, the difference between a non-fungible token and a fungible token, say Bitcoin's a fungible token, I can give you one, Matt one, part of one, you know, whatever, but it's all just, you know, Bitcoin. Or, what does fun, so is that what fungible means? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I'm just Basically like, non-fungible means it's unique. unique. So it's like, okay, it's one. Okay. It's like you having a an iPhone that's serialized and you're the only one with that serialized iPhone. We both can have an iPhone, but your serial number will be different to my yeah. serial number. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's not so, a carbon copy, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's provably real, mm-hmm. provably scarce. Mm-hmm. So you can see how many copies were made. Yeah. You can see the original um, creator, or they call it mint when you mint mm-hmm. it, um, and so on. So, yeah, a good friend of ours was working on this project, um, Legends of Crypto, so trading card game using NFTs and we've always wanted to work together. They got some really good backing. So we've been advising and partnered with the project and um, you know, they got people like the CEO of Bitcoin.com's invested in them. Wow. Um, yeah, some really good good players in there. Uh, and Mick Mikhail is the CEO. He, you know, the conversation was that, you know, anything that we – advise on or work with or partner with has to be generating impact for the charities and causes on our platform. Wow. Or we just won't put our, our time and effort and skills into it. Yeah. And he fully agreed and he loved the concept that, you know, he or his project could be making an impact. So we came to an agreement where 10% of all the NFT trading card sales will come back to charities and causes on Little Phil. Can you believe it? That's awesome. So for guys like, you know, our, our charity, You Belong, that's exciting news. You know, we get to then see a real, you know, so for, for charities that are out there looking for ways to, you know, expand and venture into new ways of fundraising principles and fundraising strategies, partnering with you guys, the benefit then can can really be seen an, an impact for them without me actually having to be an expert and me actually being able to have to kind of understand or or, or work with it. So. And it's something that hasn't been done. Um, so we're, we're like on the... Bleeding edge. Yeah, the frontiers of, of this change in in how corporate giving essentially has um, had this metamorphosis in, in a way of giving. And touch on that because traditionally corporates um, giving is like, hey, we're, we're a massive big company and we're going to decide as a board or at some CEO leadership that we're going to get behind and sponsor this. I'm right now uh, running a Bike to Belong campaign, a peer-to-peer fundraising campaign to raise awareness for our charity, You Belong, Empowering Refugees. And and 
I've tried to reach out to other bike companies to say, hey, would you sponsor us? Would you get on board with us? And they just go, you know what? You know, I won't name the companies. We have to go to our board and our head office to determine whether we can donate a bike to help you or we can do this. It's like that level of control at the top where is you what you're saying like explain how that actually um can be revolutionized through through your your platform or it doesn't have to be a a high level decision yeah exactly so um modern or traditional corporate giving pieces you'll get um one big entity that will give a large sum of money to to one thing and that's their impact but um I've done a fair bit of research now into what the modern or new generational workforce is after and they don't want to see or they want to see impact but not on just one thing that one board of directors decide on. Mm. They want to be able to choose and have a flair on that Um, and this is where another sort of revolutionary part of Little Phil is coming into it where corporations can come in and give pools of money that um, credits out to their employees that allow them to give to hundreds of different organizations on our, on our platform. And this is a similar thing to what the um, the royalties as such, although 10% that could come back in, mm. instead of just going to, to one item that can be broken up and used on how people want to use it so they can choose where it wants to go. They can see their impact and these um, pillars of um, organizations can get deeper and expand without actually just soloing into one part like... Um, I think Westpac give what twenty million dollars or so. Yeah, so we we use that as a use case. It's like okay, if you you're working for Westpac and Westpac give you know, ten twenty million dollars, whatever it is, to um, Life Flight. Yeah. It's like okay, but what if I don't care about Life Flight? Yeah. I'm still an employee. How can we empower them? Yeah. To so make it's a values aligned giving, which represents the values and brings everyone into that experience again. Brings everyone into the journey of. My giving's having an impact in a cause that actually I value. I value that aligns with me because I've understood this with some of my philanthropy studies. Is that people think that you don't you when you give or donate, you don't get anything or you're not getting a service. But what you're arguing is you are getting and getting something. You're getting a good moment. Yeah, <laughs> you're getting a yeah. feeling, and. And that sense of meaning, of purpose, the happiest man on earth, that sense of value um, is actually a tangible um, service you get in exchange when you give. And it's not to say you give with those ulterior motives, but you you do. you We all do give about what we care about. Deloitte's done a huge study where it's even showing that the millennials and the Gen Z, the, the modern or the new age workforce, is what, 53% now. Also, and, and what they're looking for now is not a salary that's higher than other corporations or not an organization or a, ch- or, um, a corporation that's um, well-renowned. They're looking for people that are making huge impacts now. And Deloitte have shown that um, these people, these, these new um, workforce, are going to go where they want to see impact. So huge organizations and, and corporations, if they're not, changing with these modern times they're going to lose out and recruiting the best talent the best people yeah and the three the three best organized uh, companies in the world are, that are having radical changes and if you go have a look for their like what job availabilities they have you won't really find them it's disney lego and rolex yeah you, you wouldn't really think like lego plastic they now don't use plastic they use plant-based 
They did a huge transition. Disney have given over 400 million US dollars into and protecting conservation. And Rolex actually have a Rolex. Always like Disney. (laughs) And Rolex have Rolex.org, which actually work with their pillars of environment. So their sea, their mountains, and they um, work with National Geographic to generate these amazing documentaries on how to conserve, protect, and and, um, bring the world back into balance. So... Things like that are really, really starting to make um, a big impact in where people want to put their time. Oh, man, that that that's that's so so powerful, so true. Let me tell you about one of our partners, Freedom Broadband. They're an incredible profit for purpose business. Freedom Broadband is your all-in-one internet and telephone service provider, whether it's for your business or your home. Now, their internet connection and speeds are simply amazing and they're in another league when it comes to the quality of their customer service. But here's what really sets them apart. When you switch to any of their services, they'll donate $5 every month to a non-profit cause of your choice. As the founder of You Belong, an Australian-based non-profit charity, one of the greatest challenges we face is fundraising and I think I can speak for almost all leaders in the nonprofit world when I say that being able to have a residual income coming into your accounts to support your work is a dream come true. And like most nonprofits, our work is dependent on the generous support of individuals and groups that share our passion to empower refugees to integrate and thrive here in Australia. What that means is that we spend more time and energy looking for ways to raise support. And what I'd desperately love to be doing is spending that time and our limited resources developing and growing the many successful programs that we run. But here's where our friends at Freedom Broadband come in. You see, a few months back, I was on a 4G wireless connection at home through one of the largest phone and internet companies here in Australia. And each month I was nervous about going over our usage, getting nasty bill at the end and I was working on a lot of the podcasting and videos at home and the speeds I was getting were just painfully debilitating and I finally decided to give Freedom Broadband a call and within two minutes I was on the call with Graham completing my application and within a week I had completely switched over to their $79 a month unlimited plan and I can tell you firsthand the service has been phenomenal and I have a direct line to their customer service team Whenever I have a question or need assistance, now the studio and office where I work has switched over to Freedom Broadband as well. We're on their business plan and we haven't looked back. And how cool is this? Little by little, connection by connection, Aussie owned and locally run Freedom Broadband is now actively supporting the great work of nonprofits in communities all around Australia. Simply by switching your internet to Freedom Broadband, you can help transform the lives of those less fortunate. And that's why I love these guys. Get this, head to freedombroadband.com.au and quote Justice Matters on your application form and they will donate $50 from the activation fee to support Justice Matters. That's going to enable us to continue this podcast and inspire the world where everyone belongs. That's freedombroadband.com.au. Say goodbye to expensive, mediocre internet with poor customer service and hello to top-notch internet service and the good feeling of knowing you're supporting a great cause. Join Freedom Broadband today. 
both Justice Mattis and Let's Partner Together with the internet that's helping to change the world. What about you guys personally? How, like, how did you kind of like get into it? Now you've both kind of got business tech kind of background in studying, but like, it's more than just like what makes you want to use your interests and your passions um, to, you know, in the world of philanthropy, in the world of this. Uh, um, I will recognize you as a, a, a winner of, I think, volunteering, volunteer of the, of the year, year yeah. in yep. Australia. I mean, that's part of part of your DNA, but where did that come from? Where does it spring from? Can, can you, I'll start with you, Josh, and then maybe Matt. Yeah, yeah, sure. I think um, really early on, so coming from a low to medium, I guess, income family, and then always seeing um, people try and take advantage of, you know, the undereducated or, you know, not so wealthy people always there was something within me that was like, well, you know what, if I can do something to help, I will. Yeah. Um, and then really moving down, like I can see that we have the right skills. Anyone could go off and set up a loan company. You know, people are going to want to borrow money. It's there forever. Yeah. I don't see that being a great use of my skills. Mm. Um, so, you know, there's a bunch of businesses that we could have gone into in like fintech and all this kind of stuff where it's just a money grab, but that doesn't really fulfill me. Um, whereas, you know, the, the idea that we could go out, help the people that are trying to do good by a cause. Mm. So I admire people like yourself, people that are hands-on, on the ground. You know, I, I appreciate how much time and effort and work goes into you trying to to fix or support your cause so much so that I'm like, okay, cool. How can we make such a big impact? You know, how can we empower all the Tims around the world to be focusing on their cause rather than going, Oh, you know, shit, I need to go and figure out how to get money to be able to do this. And, mm. um, cause that's not fun. No. <laughs> and it's not, it shouldn't you, be part you're of You're like business. music to my ear, your music yeah. to people's ear, you know, that they, they're best spending their time and energy focusing on fixing the problem than trying to find a way to put food on the table so that they can help the people that they know are in desperate need. So, yeah, it makes it, yeah. Yeah, 100%. So, I mean, that's kind of where I think it's led into and then seeing a few pivotal moments that we could see. So when I was back at university doing my master's, um, you know, most of the – peers there compared to when I went for my undergrad was much more socially conscious. Mm. Um, so, you know, I went on a volunteer trip over to South America with them and just seeing to the extent in which they were going out of their way to be more conscious of their impact. So um, I was pretty bad. I was using bottled water in South America. They brought the little filtration system, bottled water things with them, and I'm sitting there, going, whoa, you know, that's <laughs> something that I wouldn't have gone out of my way thinking. I'd have been like, all right, cool. I know I can't drink the water here. I'll have to make sure I only drink bottled water, like yeah. all travelers usually do. But you know, they're going out doing that. They're using keep cups. They're, you know, supporting brands that are not mainstream brands that, you know, have an impact or mm. you know their environmental policies are right. So that was a big opener and then seeing news 
like expose on some of these third party marketing companies mm. that just take advantage of people's generosity and um, you know really can tarnish the charity's brand reputation, right? Yeah. Like I don't want someone coming and lying to me, telling all the money's going to a charity oh, yeah. when most of it's sitting in your pocket. And that that not only can prevent them from from giving to that charity again, but can also prevent them from giving to charity in general. Yeah. Right. So yeah. wow. Um And I guess yeah. it was set up for the right reason at the start. You know, charities need to get money in and they use that. It's just a expensive and inefficient way to do it. Yeah. So how can we do it better? Yeah. Hundred percent. Yeah. Matt, how about you? Where did where did you um, fit into all of this? So I came from a very uh, low income family. Um, so my parents divorced when I was about three. Um, so my mom did a an exceptional job of raising five kids um, by herself. Um, so I sort of knew what it's like to struggle, and like I, when I was going to primary schools, I had the secondhand clothes, things like that. So um, and we even had help from Smith family at one stage. Mm. Um, so. I very much understand. Smith Family for international audiences is an Australian charity that focuses on yeah poor yeah low income yeah so ju- just to make sure that the kids can go to school with um, yeah. food in their bellies things like that they yeah. have clothes they have school school Sorry, stuff I just wanted to clarify yeah. that but yeah keep going um, so when I finished school I didn't really have a huge desire um, to do an educational piece I have a few chefs in the family and that's sort of what I was pretty keen to do I uh, mm. love cooking and um, anyway I was talked out of that one so I, um, I ended up going to university to actually um, study for conservation uh, environmental science in, okay. in marine biology and um, because like I, I care about the oceans, I hate seeing plastic um, on beaches and like you go to Asia and mm. it's just, it's so bad and the water's so bad. You look at India and places like that. Yeah. And um, so I was, I, I thought I'd really enjoy doing something in that, in that area. Um, me having a little bit of foresight, looked into job prospects and um, availability and, and what I could possibly do and it was quite low. Um, I had a pretty high aptitude for mathematics and my math professor told me to go look at doing something in crypt, uh, with cryptography. Yeah. Um, so I switched um, from environmental science into um, a Bachelor of IT and, um, and majored in um, network security and, and databases. And um, I didn't really think much um, more in the uh, social impact and social enterprise world. I went to Deloitte. Um, yeah. sat in my cubicle and did some work and it was, it was pretty painful actually. Um, it, it was one of those things where, uh, you had, I sort of had this great idea of working for a corporate and like these, these cool events that you go to and, and the flights and stuff like that. And it wasn't until that Deloitte had this thing called an impact day mm. and you got to, um, give away some of your time to go help an organization of your choice. Yes. So um, I did that and I went and helped an organization that was very much like the Smith family, but just getting started up. So we built up their cloud infrastructure. We set up their designs and things like that to get them started. So um, through that, um, I went to a few various other careers that I was sort of taken on a path. I was like poached from Deloitte by a couple of directors and um, went into a cloud uh, privacy company. And... um, Josh was talking to me about this this idea that he had, and um, 
I've always known Josh to be a bit of a go-getter. So um, I love his opportunistic nature that he has. And yeah. I love the idea, even as rough as it was, um, I felt that if we could do something that could change how things how things are run and like cut out those, I, I used to hate getting approached by the tin can shakers. Oh, yeah. yeah <laughs> and yeah. What, I think what the pivotal point for me was as well, when I was like, sorry, mate, I only got card. And he's like, Got an F plus machine. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, damn it. Oh, yeah, you can't use that excuse <laughs> yeah, anymore. Yeah, so, um, and I knew these guys were getting paid because Deloitte do a, a large amount of study on this. And yeah. as a as a data analyst, you do, you, you punch all those numbers. And Josh asked me when I was actually still as a data analyst to punch some numbers for him and had a look at some things. And, um, and the numbers were pretty wild, like mm. how much of a dollar was being used and the percentages could go all the way up to 90%. So, yeah. 10 cents out of $1 is pretty bad. And yeah. if, if we could change that and get and flip that entirely, then then that's a world that I'd like to live in. Oh, phenomenal. And you guys have teamed up. It's three and a half years or so, right? Almost four years, right? About four. You just had coming, your fourth up year four, anniversary yeah. last week. Coming up to your fourth year anniversary. And it's... How does it feel now? Like, the, has it has it been just like the more recent days? You're feeling like you're starting to like <laughs> change into a different um, gear, or, or what's it? What's it like at the moment for you? I guess from my perspective, <clears throat> um, it's been wild to be to be honest. Like, yeah. there's times where you got these huge pushes. Like, I remember we were doing a, our production release, and I was sitting in a park in San Francisco <laughs> in some little Italian sort of. Um, sector of San yep. Fran and we're doing a production release. So it's been like this huge push and then this sort of like, where do we go now? Like what's our vision now? And then the visions would change and, and yeah. as we're evolving. So I don't know if, if you've ever seen the, um, it sort of reminds me of like a, when you look out over a horizon and you see like your your mountains and you've got yes. like your ups and downs, your peaks, yes. and it's eventually going up and down. That's eventually. Sort of, that's sort of what it... It's it, like Bitcoin. In yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> to me, that's, that, that's what it's felt like. But um, in the la- over the last year, we've had a huge, like a really aggressive push. I, I migrated um, from Josh Ashby's step off tech for a bit. Mm. Um once the cloud was set up and uh, and we had another software guy come on, so he asked me for a bit of help in um, in talking to some people because I have a yeah. I have a pretty good strong sales background yeah. and um, and start bringing some people on board and, and really give a good a good whack at it. So in doing that, we've we've really um, made some headway and it's it's been pretty cool to see. Yeah. Um, so it's sort of exponentially yeah. shot up over the last year year and a half, I would say. What about you? What have been some? What are some of the challenges in doing this? Because like, you get a great idea, and you are passionate, I believe it. And I'm probably it's that passion and drive and that belief that keeps you through. The app's not like usually a. It's never like that. No. It's always like. Yeah, it's like roller like, coaster. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, if yeah. you if you persevere and if you if you make it through those days, you wake up and you got that knot in your stomach, and you just don't even know if you're even gonna make it if you hang in there enough so what what have for you have been some of the challenges what what gives you hope as well i I think we've always kept our north star right Mm. so like we have that end goal how we get there is not you know that's going to change yes it could change week to week really how we get there but you know as long as we stay focused on that north star what is that north star can you summarize it um 
So from a North Star point of view, it's really trying to – the overall goal is to fix the charitable giving industry. Fix philanthropy, I like that. Pretty much. And it's, okay – Hashtag fix philanthropy. Um, <laughs> yeah. We, 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 we want to bring in all those different streams of impact and impact tracking and, you know, funding alternative fundraising yeah. solutions so that you don't have to run out there being like, hey, mm. donate. Yeah. All of a sudden, it's just – it's all just coming in and, you know, you can – Breathe easy, knowing that Brilliant. it's you know kind of taken care of. Mm. Um, so that's really our north star. Um, we've had a heap of ups and downs. Yeah. So working in the crypto space, you know, we had multi-million dollar commitments that Just vanished overnight, disappeared. Wow. So you know, we had a team of like fifteen or so people, and you know, these guys who were super wealthy in China had committed to us put us on their website, introed us to all of their friends, their networks, saying, you know, we've invested, blah, blah, blah. Right. No worries. San Francisco for them. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, and then just the when the crypto market tanked. It's like, gone. Yeah. like gone. Left your hind dry. Oh, 100%, yeah. yeah. So that was, you know, that was naivety on our behalf, just trusting, I guess. And, you know, that's one thing we learned. It's not a deal until <clears throat> money's in the bank kind of thing. I heard it once said... Um, if you partner right, the rest is details. And it's that idea of, you know, having that trust in partnership and um, getting that right. But anyway. Yeah. So that, that was pretty disappointing. Mm. Um, and that was difficult to recover from. Mm. Um, but we did. We recovered. Um, and we got through, which was good. And then more recently, the whole COVID thing. Yeah. You know, we had a large deal with a large ASX company, which would have brought a bunch more impact in, yep. ready to go. I'm in Sydney one, two weeks before lockdown <laughs> and um, doing the technical deep dive, figuring out how we can integrate and all this kind of stuff. Sure. Lockdown happens, everything's just pushed back, pushed back, mm. pushed back. So, you know, those conversations are still happening, but that's a deal that's moved back 13, 14 months. Oh, wow. Compared to when it should have been, should have been closed. <coughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, th- things like that um, always happen. Always seem to happen. Yeah. Um, but the future's looking bright now. You. Yeah. Um, very bright. What? As we kind of wrap things up, I know um, we're kind of running out of time here. What? What would you want to, you know, tell people about? You know. Um, where you guys are heading? What's on the What's on the horizon? How you know? How can How can people jump on board and, and be part of what you're doing? Yeah, um, great question. So right now we're really focused on partnerships. Um, so mm. Legends of Crypto, we have another partnership project um, in the NFT space as well. Mm. So a way that celebrities, artists, creators can embed a piece of perpetual impact into an NFT. Mm. So another cool feature with NFTs is that it's changing the royalties and licensing game. Mm-hmm. So, you know, imagine being able to come to a famous artist or celebrity and say, you know what, um, if you create this NFT, you can set a percentage that you want to go back to a charity cause that you care about forever. Mm-hmm. So every single time it gets traded, changes hands, a percentage automatically comes back. So that um, that's another partnership deal that we've done, um, and that project will be announced very soon. Very cool. Um, 
but it's kind of leaving a legacy, you know. After yes. that person passes away, usually the piece of art price appreciates significantly. Mm. And when it does transfer, it's continual. So leave a legacy kind of thing. Wow. Um, we're featured at Collision Conference, so North America's largest tech conference at the moment. Wow. Um, which is cool. Uh, what else have we got on? We've got... We're also bringing on traditional corporate partnerships as well where mm. um, organize that, or corporate corporations that want to come in and actually start showing um, a more modern approach to impact, then they yeah. can start partnering with us to allow for a better approach to employee giving. Mm. Um, so we're reaching out with um, local, state and national um, companies to come on board, mm. do some partnerships, give it a trial, see how it goes, and yeah. you'll be surprised with the talent that you'll start bringing in. They'll start looking for you based on your impact as well. So that's a big piece that I'm working on. Can I just say, um, you know, and I don't know if you were just extra kind to to me when we came on board with you guys, but I was just so impressed by the level of um, concern you even had for just partnering and making sure that we as a small little charity trying to trying to make a big impact and change the world for refugees and disadvantaged the way that you um, spent time with us and and offering over and above what um, you know a lot of people would spend on on trying to hire you know you know all the other companies that are out there that tend to exploit um, um, people. So if anybody is interested in learning more about it, I couldn't recommend you enough. You're not paying any money <laughs> to be on this podcast. It's a, it's a, it's an um, unashamed plug for you guys. Um, but it's great because it's benefits. You're talking about corporates and dealing with the big players there, but your heart is for the, the, the little grassroots, yeah. the little guys, the, yeah. the guys that are out there that can't do it. And that's the beautiful thing. You, you've, you've used, you've tapped into the future of, of, of technology and finance and the world we're living in to bridge that, that gap. And I love that. Thank you. I, I actually said to Josh when we, were, um, when we were trying to figure out which, where it was because we were sort of targeting everyone. And I said, Josh, I think the guys that need our help the most are the small to medium guys. Um, because the big guys, they have their dev teams, they have their marketing mm. teams, they have large budgets. Um, and when we figured that out, um, I created um, like my, my marketing calendar and I left it open. So I was like, you can book me in any time here. So I was having meetings at like 10 p.m. on a Sunday night <laughs> where wow. small charities would be like, Matt, how do I set up my email so we can start doing this? And it, it was funny, as hard as it was, like doing, having these wild meetings all over the place, um, that what we got back from that was people started recognizing that we're not just this faceless um, organization that are yeah. that, that's trying to come in and, and take money off organizations. We're actually trying to get there, help them generate larger streams of income, and actually get a name and an impact for themselves. Yeah. And and thank you very much for your kind words because yeah. that that's really much our approach. You guys, you guys set us up with, you know, you've shared your expertise and the people on your team to, to sit down with people on my team. And, and those 10 o'clock meetings are so important because quite often many people are, are working during the day, yeah. volunteering. Yeah. I did an assignment recently and um, I think it's something like eight, uh, 49% of charities on the ACNC, Australian mm -hmm. Charity Network, are completely run by volunteers. Mm -hmm. 
like 50% of all of the grassroots charities and small charities uh, out there are run by volunteers. So, and they're making a huge impact. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think it's also our our view. So we don't view a charity as a client. We view them as a partner. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, your success is our success. So I think that's a different way that we look at it compared to just traditional software as a service Mm. or something. Well... You guys are kicking goals. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'm cheering Bitcoin on, saving <laughs> you guys. Uh, you know, but for all of for, for all of that, guys, thanks for coming on coming on in. Thanks for your passion and your heart. Um, thanks for leading the way. And if anybody wants to follow you, find you, where do they do that? Uh, you Little, can littlefield.org, and they can also go to Littlefield on um, Instagram. I know track's all down. Instagram, LinkedIn, yep. Facebook. Yeah, I found you guys on LinkedIn. You yep. guys were in a in the <laughs> local newspaper, and I'm yep. like, I've got to get in touch with these guys. <laughs> we, we generally rank pretty well on Google, so if you type in Little Phil, um, you'll, you'll generally find us at the top there. So um, you can reach out to us on LinkedIn if you want to have a chat to us, or, or um, you can even have a we have a chat window on our website, yep. so that will link up to me, and I'll respond generally within within the hour as well. Yeah. Ah, so good. Guys, thanks for sitting down. Thanks for this chat. Thanks for, yeah, for doing what you do. Awesome. Thanks so much for having us and thanks for jumping on board. Thanks for listening to this episode of Justice Matters. I'd like to take this time to thank my audio-visual engineer, Jose Biotto, for your help in producing the show. I'd also like to shout out to the Patreon community that financially supports this podcast Guys, thank you so much for your support. You can join them simply by going to patreon.com forward slash justice matters for a simple donation of $5 a month. You can become part of the Patreon community and get access to behind the scenes content and extras that I share just with you. And lastly, there is another really important way that you can help support the podcast and that's simply by rating it or leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify maybe by subscribing on YouTube. Yes, we are a video podcast as well. Guys, thank you so much for listening in to this episode of Justice Matters. Please come again soon. We can't wait to share more episodes with you. I'm your host, Tim Buxton. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.